2: Good evening, good morning, or good afternoon. This is more than just a podcast. (sighs) Podcast season nine, episode 30. Uh, there is no John tonight, there is no George. Uh, they're not boycotting the podcast, they have got a family event. Uh, this evening, I know someone did write and go, come on, John, you've got to come back. We can't just listen to uh, Nigel and Sean Bore on week on, week off. So, cue Godfather uh, they will be... back.
3: It's a family Sorry? meeting. I a cue the Godfather music, family meeting, Yeah, the old Italians. Yeah. <laughs> anyway,
2: uh, I'm afraid for the person who did write in one of our eight listeners, uh, it is just Nigel and myself. So good evening, Nigel. Where are you and what are you doing?
3: I'm in my living room watching the one show with Tracy, the barmaid, from EastEnders. I mean, she don't even speak on it. Does she and she's one in the show? bunch of... Yeah. Oh,
2: oh. I don't watch television, so I wouldn't... Have well, to I don't.
3: It. It's, uh, it's it's just, I thought, I sit in here and I, I ain't got Sky, so um, I just use, you know, proper channels. Terrestrial, yeah. I think they're called. So so
2: we got no we got no game to talk about. We we'll could uh, talk about
3: extenders and the one show. I can tell you what's going on. We could talk on.
2: about storms. We could talk about yeah. Storm Cara and Storm Dennis. But of course, it's not a weather forecast podcast. podcast. No. Um. So yeah, we. I guess we look. We we did two last week. Um. We had our sort of. I guess. Well, you did. <laughs> well, you had three.
3: Yeah. Or was it four? No, three. It was three. Well, and, and this, this is your po- Sunday, yeah. Depends what you include Sunday.
2: Yeah, yeah. I include Sundays four. I was going to say you've already done a podcast this week, but it was yesterday, so let's yeah. count it last week. Oh, so right. yeah, so last week, two more than just a podcast. One with Kieran McGuire. Uh, by the way, I, I gave a listen to his podcast, Price of Football. It's it good, very isn't interesting it? as well. Yeah. One of the things he t- I've learned on there, I'm going to send in some questions actually, because he does a Monday question thing. Is question that that question? Um, that transfer market, right? Yes, is complete guesses. Yes, that's what he says, right? People treat it. I was having a row, you know, who you are, uh, on Twitter today. About, you know, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I did about it, and, and you go, Well, transfer market doesn't say that. Transfer market looks at Stories in the media, probably even follows stories written by Clarence Hugh and just tries to make the best guess. But but what I'm told is, it is a best guess and nothing more. They don't have any inside information.
3: I think I've said it on the podcast before. Too many people think Transfermarket dot com is the actual transfer market, and that's where followers <laughs> yeah. are get bought and sold. Uh, it ain't people. <laughs> it's, it's just a website and people are just making it I mean they've done well they've built them you know they've got a database on near enough every football player going haven't they
2: yeah so look I I know that um and I, I didn't want to mention his name you've mentioned his name but we had a little round like and I went I mean? and I said look unless you've seen ev-, and I haven't unless you've seen every single contract how can you be sure absolutely sure and I was arguing over this 214 million pound figure Um. But it doesn't matter. If anything, it's an embarrassment. We've spent £214.2 million net between this is before January, by the way, uh, between 2016, after we left the bowling, so including that summer, right up before January. Now, that's not something to be proud of because it's at the moment we've wasted £214 million net because it hasn't worked out that well. So it's nothing to be proud of you know but a fact's a fact it's you know and then some people are arguing well just because it's in their accounts doesn't mean it's true well it's fraud otherwise it's a legal document and if you're making stuff up in your financial accounts you really are in trouble um
3: yeah i mean another 42 I've never been like million that by the way on on net spend to be fair you know i have it you know it, it, it net spend if you're spending a lot of money net, you're actually possibly doing something wrong because the idea of a football club is to try and make the best use of the money that it's got and spending the money that over the top wisely. Yeah. You should be, you know, the, the, the market we're trading in, we should be horse trading. And that does mean mm. you sell a couple. And and then you buy a couple. That's the way when well, we were successful. I don't know. We, we haven't it. made
2: too much of it. Forty-two million pound in in January, which has got to be one of the biggest. Forty-two but again, million
3: pound in January. Yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah.
2: Gordon. Right. Four point two million. Randolph. In for Randolph. Yeah. Three and a half million loan fee. With an obligation for 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 Suchek. With an obligation to buy. It's come out of Prague now. Not an option to buy, but an obligation to buy. Yeah, if we if stay, we stay in up.
3: There.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so that's £13.5 Yeah?
3: Yeah.
2: And the total deal... Oh, I don't um, know no,
3: because no. no, well, we haven't bought him, have we?
2: No, but I'm saying if we stay in the Premier League, it's £13.5 million pound we've got to pay for him.
3: No, but then that will be shunted into... The summer transfer window. All
2: right, we? but we're we're come, all right. You're right. Come back, but I'm just saying this right. is the obligation. So we got we've three
3: million pounds. Now now we're, we're up. Well, would they say eight million quid? Yeah,
2: and and Boeing, including everything, the whole transfer fee was twenty two million.
3: But when you say the whole transfer fee, is that if we win the Champions I'd, League? No, it's not, no. no? What, are the, what are the I've, options or bonuses? I
2: don't know. I must admit, I know the whole figure is 22. I don't know the breakdown, and I'll be fair on that. Some of that will be add-ons. They won't be winning the Champions League. It will be based on appearance and everything. But here's the point, and I was I was making this to Dave Lambon. You know, no and, and people seem still surprised where they hear, well, it's not all up front, is it? No transfers up front, apart from Marko and Altovich, right? Marko and Altovich was sold to China for twenty two million pounds, I think it was, if I remember rightly. And the only reason we forced them to pay all the money up front I mean it's not true that no transfer fees Right, up but front it's rare.
3: It is rare, but it we does didn't happen.
2: trust the Chinese to pay up, so we insisted all the money came up front. Yeah. But in general terms in Europe, transfer fees, unless they're small are paid over a number of years, usually over the, the life of the contract we're giving them. So, you know, three years would be the norm. In fact, you made this point. We hadn't finished paying. Uh, we hadn't finished receiving our sums for Randolph before we bought him back again. Yeah. So the interesting figure, which I shared with Dave on Twitter today, was we owe other clubs
3: £87 million Pounds.
2: That's how much we've We, have thing, gotten
3: to. we are, you, when you say that,
2: yeah.
3: How do you work that
2: out? Well, it's in the accounts. That's oh. the figure uh, do you include, in the what, accounts. Are you including January's money then in that? No, nope, no, nope, that's before January's money. That's the 2019 money. It do, In fact, here's here's the, here's the rub of the green. It doesn't include any of the summer transfers because this 87 million pounds ran up to May the 31st. So it doesn't include any transfers in, in the summer oh. and it doesn't include any transfers this January. So it's 87 million pounds in the accounts that we owe to other clubs without taking in the loot last two transfer windows. That shows you how much we've got in tick. Um, and if I remember rightly, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just looking on Twitter to what I replied to Dave, but I think we're owed in the same period, like 16 million.
3: Yeah. I, I, yes. I mean, the thing. There, there's two ways. Well, there's not two, but there is two ways looking at it. The, you know, People alluded to the fact that uh, we're not a selling club, so we're keeping all of our best players. But then I allude to the fact is that actually that shows uh, not very well we're doing in the transfer market under Golden sun mm. The fact that we're buying players, no one else really wants to buy. Yeah
2: yeah um i I think you're probably right there uh, so yeah just looking it up we we're owed thirteen point four seven million this year this financial year this season and only three point one six million in future years, so most of it's this year, so that's we're owed in total sixteen point six three million from other clubs why we're owed eighty- why we owe eighty seven million and I'll tell you what you can guarantee Boeing and all those lot. Are on the tick as well so 87 million doesn't include the last two transfer windows it's got to be over 100 million that we owe um to other clubs we'll see but but that's that's the way it is and just just to break it down because i know even our old john's asked us to do this and it might be in the questions um i looked at the accounts just to look at Net spend, these these are figures put in each of the accounts. So look if you look at and anyone's welcome to do this on Companies House or the West Ham website. 2016 accounts, 45.7 net plus 3.5 of add-ons. 2017, 23.27 plus 5.8 of add-ons. 2018, 89.45 of net spend and six point eight million of add-ons and twenty nineteen the most recent one this was the post um what they what they call post account updates last season the summer just gone 35.8 million net and 3.45 of add-ons and as I've already said although you're not going to count it it wasn't in the accounts if you add up all those fees I talked about in January, it comes to 40, uh, 43.2. But you're not going to count them because you're going to say, well, actually, the Boeing figure, uh, sorry, the, the Suchek figure would be in the summer anyway because it doesn't count in the January one. And I'll, I'll probably give you that one.
3: Yeah. Now, so I don't want to look, look this is uh, Iron United. Nobody watches it, to be fair. Yeah. But yeah they're live on youtube at the moment what are they talking about um let's have a look so live chat so iron united do you think we'll park the bus <laughs> so i think they're talking about the man city game is and yeah. on the mat yeah well uh, well, am fortunate you won't be
2: able to be on that one because otherwise you would uh be able to uh uh get a full house this week anyway it's not an Irish United podcast. It is a well, more than just podcast. I have put
3: on there. I'm trying to get them to say hello to us.
2: All right. Okay. That's why you still get it on. Yeah. One thing I want to talk at, and, and this is the last thing I want to talk on finance before we move on, because today is a, a an eight, the eight supporter takeover uh, for questions, and we're going to do a super six, by the way, because a lot of people have asked for super six. Oh, really? Um. Yeah. <laughs> you did better than me. <laughs> Did I? Score I? Four points the weekend? Yeah, yeah, I only scored two. I had a real poor weekend. Uh, anyway, what I want to talk about, and it's a question you brought up to Kieran last week: um, financial fair play. Because, as you probably know, big news this week is Manchester City uh, have been banned from all UEFA competitions, so the Champions League and Europa League, for two years for serious breaches of FFP. What what they've been accused of? is misleading and misstating revenue that really was sponsorship from their owners. Right. And it's interesting because that's exactly what Kieran was talking about on Everton, allegedly, um, <laughs> about how they'd sponsored their own ground, et cetera. So it'll be interesting to see whether uh, Everton are uh, uh, investigated in the future. But uh, – and, and there's look, there's a lot of talk about Man City. You know, is it a good time to play them on Wednesday because – You know, they've had all this press. I'm sure it won't bother them at all. But um, talk about um, a massive fine for the Premier League, um, possible 10-point deduction, or, my favourite, that they actually get relegated or demoted to League Two, which apparently is a new... It won't happen, but it's nice to think about it. And then only um, 19 and 20 of spots get relegated this season and 18th spot where we are at the moment get saved it's a bit of wishful thinking isn't it
3: uh yeah I, I think so yeah
2: but let me tell you you asked a question which i think wasn't completely answered and i want to answer f what happened to ffp that our board kept on going on about so i did a little bit of research and and, and i was surprised and it, it passed me by premier league ffp which was never ffp it was called Short-term cost control. So STCC. Remember where you could could rise the wages each year by like 4 million or 7% or whatever, yeah? Mm. That was abolished last year. Did you know that? No. So it was abolished last year. There is no Premier League FFP or short-term cost control anymore.
3: Abolished, gone. Premier League clubs can do what they want. So, Golden Sullivan, because the thing that he hit me was with the FFP, which was our owners used to ride behind it, if you remember, yeah. um, and he actually said, well, they could actually put in up to £100 million and not breach the FFP. Co- correct. All. So, what they're
2: talking about is UEFA. Now, here's the interesting thing. UEFA allows you to lose, it used to be €45 million euros a year, Right. It is now it's been reduced to thirty million euros. So you're allowed to lose um thirty million euros a year if 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 your owners inject cash without being penalised, right? Now we if we translate that to pounds, it's about twenty five million pounds. So basically twenty five million pounds a year, so seventy five million pounds loss over three years. Now, if you think we lost £28 million last year, if we carried on at that rate, we would break FFP. Yeah? Even if the losses were being covered by the um, the owners. Now, at the moment, we've got no problems because if you look back the year before, I think we made a £40 million profit, and before that was like a £60 million profit. So what Kieran was saying is, because we made a £100 million of paper profits in the last you go two years back your 28 million pound is nothing and it's a rolling three years but you couldn't spend the next three years losing 28 million because it goes over that 75 million do you get it yes now in the past it was full and this is the interesting bit as long (laughs) as long as West Ham what does it matter if West Ham doesn't qualify for Europa League or the Champions League what, what difference does it make to Europe in other words, it doesn't matter if you breach it because it's UEFA. And what happens if, what 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 difference does it make if we're banned from European competition, which we don't get in any
3: way, you know? No, but wouldn't it be the West Ham way to actually be banned from Europe the season we qualify? Yes,
2: it would. But here's here's the interesting thing, and I don't know whether this is all talk. They're now talk, because there's no FFP or short, short-term cost control in the Premier League, there is now talk that the Premier League will investigate Man City and may fine Man City themselves and dock them points for breaching UEFA rules. Now, there's nothing in the rule books that really allow that, but they may see that they've been cheating. And it's, If you look at the evidence, it's hard to conclude they haven't been cheating. but I, I'm not sure it's going to bother them either way. Do you? Do you? Do you see? Oh, I think you said this. Do you see anything that's going to happen to Manchester City? Uh, the, uh, the
3: Premier League normally is um, like a closed shop, isn't it? The, you know, each club owns one share. So that's the, right. They're all equal owners of the Premier League. And basically, you normally find that they will close ranks. Now, Perhaps there is a bit of jealousy in the way that um, Man City get their money or got their money. And, you know, let's not be silly about it. They got their stadium sponsored for £400 million, um, the Etihad. Now, we all know that uh, the Etihad is the state airline of – where are they from? Abu Dhabi, is it? UAE? I yeah. It's one of them yeah. out there. There's like so many of yeah. them out there. But anyway, so that, that's them. So technically, the owners of Man City, like the government or the Sheikh or the Emir or whatever they want to call him, you know, Sheikh Yamanie, um, they say to the airline, right, you're going to sponsor that for £400 million. But they're the state airline, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so- it is. Yeah. You know, we all knew it was crooked. Well, not crooked, that they'd bent the rules. But there is a difference between, for me, between bending the rules and breaking the rules. Yeah. And I'll leave that to the lawyers to figure out because I don't mind people bending rules. It's yeah. breaking the rules that I object to. Yeah. Well, we shall see. We
2: shall see what happens. I don't think it will have any effect on West Ham season uh, we've got to get ourselves out of this trouble. Uh, we can't rely on, on uh, Manchester City being distracted, an extra place being available or some sanction being taken against them. Unless, unless the rest of the division get all deducted 10 points, then we won't yeah, the have a chance.
3: The thing is, this ain't good news for us. Because, you know, Man City is going to be regrouping now. And, it, and and they will be doing, It's a it's us against the rest of the world now we got to yeah. block together, you know, and they're going to go out and they're going to give the performance of their life. Do you think so? Yeah, I do. I, I, you know, this is what happens, isn't it? He's going to try and use that to, to gel the team together and say, we need to go out there and show them. You know, I, I don't know if it was in the paper of the day, you know. It's all about showing the skill and the talent over the money. And and that's what it boils down to. I mean no, I, I agree with you. I think sometimes I look at it and think for all the money Man City has spent in in the ten, eleven years they've owned the club, they've only won four titles, haven't they? I think. Yeah. You know, and and two of them were in the last two seasons. So I don't know if, I don't know how you quantify value for money in that. You know, Liverpool have won the European Cup. Uh, You know, Liverpool have spent money. I don't know how the American owners fund Liverpool because it was an eye-opener for me last week with Kieran when he said about the the amount of money the Fenway Group has put in. So, yeah, no, no, no. But, Um, you know, it, it depends as a football fan what you want in it. I see a lot of people saying, oh, Red Bull, buy us up. You know, you, you flounced a story about, about a Saudi Arabia geezer who was going to buy Newcastle, but maybe not buy Newcastle. And he might look at us. Or we got the geezer who you called Mark Bowling. I think his name was Mark Bowley. Bowley. Um, yeah. Yeah, Bowley. Uh, you know, looking at a football club when, you know, you dragged up an interview from a year ago and he was probably talking about Chelsea. September? Oh, September. So last year. But anyway. You know, um, I' there's a, there's a video of me on YouTube where i go, the last thing I would want would be the Amir of Oman coming in and buying West Ham. You know, I'd rather have Golden Sullivan over that. Um, the only thing I'd point out is that video's from about four or five years ago and Sam Anadise was still the manager. And I think my mind has probably changed now. Who, who, who uh, raised that video then? Oh, it's just someone uh someone sent me a link to it. One of my mates thought it was funny. And I did point it out to him that <laughs> it was it was Irons View. Do you remember the um I've forgotten that kid's name now? Uh did Ironsview. But yeah. He just thought it was funny. There was me saying I'd rather have Golden Sullivan than like an Arab owner.
2: <laughs> Is there anything else uh we want to discuss about this week? Uh
3: Unless you want to discuss the ongoing protests. I mean, well,
2: um, I mean, they seem to, you know, um, the, the press frenzy seems to be carrying on with Oliver Holt and Henry Winter, etc. Um, I don't know what, what else is there to say, you know, beyond it ain't going to stop, you know, uh, The OSB are planning to meet next Tuesday. Um, I thought you might be at the London Stadium tonight, since you love it so much. Well, we'll see. It's the under-23s against Stoke. Do you know
3: um, that they're unbeaten? Yeah, but they're unbeaten in the lower league.
2: In Division 2, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they've got Uh, got, They've played 16 games. They've won 13 and they've drawn three and they're playing Stoke tonight. Uh, I, I, I did think about going there tonight, since we haven't had football for so long. Um, I'm just looking. West Ham are 1-0 up as we
3: speak. Uh,
2: guess who scored?
3: Uh, Under-23s. Blimey, a lot of them have been shipped out on loan.
2: Um, yeah, I know. But come on, who's come back?
3: Who's come back? Yeah. Well... Um... I don't know who has come back. Obstructed bow. Obstructed bow. What Jack wills? No, no. Go on, tell me. off. Oh, Zante Silver. Zante Silver. All yeah. right. Do you remember? Well, I know the oh, name. Right.
2: Yeah, he's 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 supposed to be the next thing. He's a he's a little attacking winger and uh, can play up front. And uh, yeah, he scored. He's come back after remember he had an obstructive bow, nearly died last summer is that right uh, and uh he's had a big big long recovery to come back lost lo- so much weight uh and he's scored for the under 23s on 14 minutes tonight
3: oh well done sandy swill him yeah
2: i thought that there I'm, i was just i was just covering cuz i thought that there was a um i thought there was a press conference today and i was just trying to see um what was said, but, but I, I have a feeling maybe the press conference is tomorrow. Cause actually, but again, Wednesday. It.
3: it'll be tomorrow, wouldn't it? Huh? It'll be tomorrow, wouldn't
2: it? Not always. So it, if it's on a Saturday, it's often on a Thursday. Oh, right. um, I will, I'm, I'm going to quickly check whether there was it. So, um, Wednesday, you going?
3: Well, I, I've managed to get work from home on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, so I will look at the train fares Wednesday and make my decision then. Okay. So I can probably get out of work about three o'clock and I'll be in central London, half hour from Houston. So the train's only a couple of hours, isn't it? I mean, someone has told me the best way to bunk on the train, which I must admit is a possibility. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a bit too old to do that. When in my youth, you, you used to have a great time, but um, I, I was just going to look up. Let's say I go check because every day I'm, ch- I'm checking trainline dot com to see what um. what the prices are so it's, it's so it's already uh set up where i've looked at it so many times
2: so a little bit of injury news while, yeah, while you're on. doing your tra- train line um anderson has been they had five days off as you probably know they came back on saturday in the middle of storm dennis trained on saturday and sunday and today uh they train tomorrow morning before traveling up to, to Manchester. Um, wow. um, Philippe anderson, um because i had all had five days off was out in italy but carried on training while he was out in italy in the gym on the beach playing on grass he's he's going to make the journey i hear he could be playing for 20 minutes uh i doubt his start but but maybe bought one later and everybody else is pretty much fit except for of course uh, sick note jack wheel shoes had a hernia operation and, and probably out for most of the season so you know he's, he's he's got a full squad really for choose from obviously winston reed's gone went to uh kansas in the mls now or known for the rest of the season um i know a few people disagree with that apart from that he's got a pr- he's got no excuses he, I mean, he should is,
3: is that a he, loan? Should tonk,
2: he should tonk city
3: to get home. go home is that alone where we'll probably come back or is that alone? Where... <sighs> i doubt it
2: I doubt it. Uh, they they want to build for the future. I um, mean, it was crazy. It was given a six year deal, really, wasn't it?
3: All right, ninety one. It's getting better, yeah. Because this is the cheapest I have found it so far since last week. So I'm now at three. If I can get the three o'clock train, which is a bit because <clears throat> really I was I, could, I can get out of work at three o'clock, not being yeah. used to the three o'clock. That's ninety one pound. All right. Yeah. 20 minutes later, they want 180 quid. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: And then You said you're working from home, though, didn't you? No, Thursday, I'm working from home. Oh, Thursday. Oh, yeah, because
3: right, okay. that's when I'll be coming home, Thursday. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll I'll trick no one at work, listen to this, or Millwall fans. Um, so, yeah, it's still at the moment later is £157, which I'm not going to pay. Um, cool. So I might try and get a late deal on Wednesday. That is the aim though.
2: Good, good. Um, so um if we haven't got anything else to talk for, um, it's time for this. Yeah, it's Facebook Twitter question time, where you, the eight listeners, get to ask Nigel questions of fact or statements of fact or rants or blah, blah, blah.
3: Anyway, Nigel. (laughs) Right, you've done a good job. Got a few. We we have got a few, Uh, 20 comments, it says here. Wow. Right. So, Sean, for a change, asked, Uh, back tonight for a podcast, but no game about the show, questions, blah, 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 blah. With an OSB meeting next Tuesday with GSB, what constructive questions would you ask them to face to face if you were invited?
2: Did you like that question?
3: Well, I thought it was a bit wishy-washy to be, fair. No, it wasn't.
2: It's a it's, uh, very, very well, much... Uh... constructive question. As
3: if our listeners are going to come up with constructive. Yeah, well,
2: I just and... thought I'd put that word <laughs> in that on that? the off right?
3: I looked at it and thought, uh, we're going to be inundated with stupid questions. So that's why I put the word in constructive in. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but, uh, luckily they they would shoot the form. Ian Gravitt, first up, great show as always, lads. Do you think a false nine would be a good idea against City and Liverpool, and San Antonio and Bowen, with Antonio sitting a bit further back? As you know, Moore's tactics are inane. Just wish we'd ever go. Brady out. What do you think? Yeah, why not? False nine. Well, nine. well, I mean,
2: look, it's a free hit.
3: Come on. Yeah. Does it matter? We normally play a false 11, to be fair, because half of them look like charlatans on the pitch at times. Um, so perhaps only picking nine players may, may be a benefit. I'm not sure, really. To <laughs> <fair>. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, to be fair, the way Al is playing, even though psychologically, could you imagine if we dropped him for another midfielder? Yeah, you know. Well, let's do it. But let's do it. I think, we, but that possibly may be better than dropping him for a jetty psychologically. Because if he's dropped for a jetty, you, you know, well, he,
2: you can bring in Bowen and uh, Suchek, can't you? Uh, Both midfielders.
3: Yeah, possibly.
2: possibly. And, and put um, Mikel Antonio up front.
3: Yeah, but the thing is, we've we've done this with Antonio in the past, and he, he he he's always scored most of his goals. Nearly enough, all his goals have come from coming in from the right. Not when he played up front.
2: Yeah. No, you have a
3: point. Right. Anyway, next question. Chris Kinch. I would ask them. So he's talking about Golden, Sullivan and Brady here. Yeah? If they've yeah. ever had any regrets about moving the club away from the bowling ground and whether they still feel it was the right decision. So, does the senior source close to the club have any regrets, Sean, about moving the club away from the bowling ground? <laughs>
2: Uh, if I'm asked, if if you ask them, uh, you know the answer. The answer they would say is no. They still think it's the long-term uh, right thing to do, and I think I probably do as well. What they would probably admit is they've made some mistakes, and it will take some time. So what they would say is, well, um, you know, we we might have done it differently. We might have not promised as much, but we think long-term it's still the best thing, you know, over the next 10 years or so.
3: Right. Um, I so, know that's
2: a bit of a pop out as an answer. No,
3: because I, now I will say, what do you think will change in 10 years in that will make the move long-term better? Bearing in mind, this is season four. When I wrote in Overland and Sea, I used to say, you, have, you can't judge the move properly until year five to see whether it's been a success or not. Um, you know, it's looking like you know it's not. So, what do you see will change in the future? If you believe that long term, it's still the right thing to do.
2: It, it's got. A, it's only one thing. Right. Right. You can't change. Right. So uh, we can talk about the seats, etc. And i I I've raised some things on Clarence Hugh <laughs> today about some information on the seats, etc. Uh, which I forgot to mention, but remind me to talk about it at the end. Um, it, it it's got to be football you know we've got to improve we've got to turn the advantage of playing in the stadium and the extra revenue we get as as we talked to kieran we might not be as high up as the top six but outside the top six our ticket revenue our commercial revenue pretty much everything we're number seven in everything except with commercial revenue which was everton and as kieran explained it was slightly misleading so we need to take advantage of those extra ten or twenty million to actually perform like a top seven club. That's what we've success has got to be on the so, pitch. Right, up.
3: So therefore, now I will say to you: Are you saying to me that if we finish seventh regularly, that would deem success and make make the move justifiable?
2: I'm saying that if we qualified for Europe Europa League on a on a regular basis. And started then earning the money, and filling the stadium every with European games. That would start to make a big difference. And if you look where, if you look where um, Spurs were, yeah, before they sold uh, Gareth Bale, and you look at a similar model, you know that they've been in Europe for ten years now. That's the kind of jump we've got to make. They were nowhere before that. We've got a stadium that's capable of taking a lot of people. We've got, you know, you know, you know some what? of the infrastructure. That actually moved around into
3: something that's come out today then or this Go week. Uh, I'll ask, therefore, should we sell Declan Rice? Yes.
2: Right. Yeah. And I wrote a story about this saying, um, I wrote a story saying, and th- the story came from me, by the way, um, and, and a, a very good source uh, that doesn't talk to me very often told me that Declan Rice is available for £90 million in the summer, whether we're in the Premier League or not. Now, that sounds a lot of money again. Well, who's going to pay £90 million? But it's the first-time mission that David um, Moyes would sell him. And he said something about two weeks ago, uh, and I've got a transcript from it that was a, an embargoed piece with the press. And he said, look, He's done this before. This is modus operandi. He sold Lescott. He sold Wayne Rooney because he believes you can't just, it can't be about one style of player. You can sell that style of player and rebuild. And 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 going back to Spurs, that's exactly what Spurs did. You know, yes, no, Spurs sold Gareth 100%. Bale and built a team. Now, they got it wrong to begin with because they bought a load of people that didn't really work out, but they sold them again and rebuilt again wisely. And that's when Ericsson and, and the others came in. And and I think that is going to be the model that selling one style player like Rice can ca- transform uh, a club like West Ham. Mm. If, if and this is a big if, if the money is spent wisely and reinvested wisely in young players.
3: If. If. Well, yeah. No, i to be fair. We don't agree on a lot, but that's something we agree on. Good. Uh, I'm Dodds glad. He pops his head up. Oh, and, and says, "Uh, I think we have a bit of an affinity with Man City, so we should boycott Europe for the next two seasons as well. Yeah, I, I read that on Twitter. He's nicked that. <laughs> oi, oi, my handsome's, you've
2: nicked that of someone else on Twitter. That didn't really come out very well, did it? <laughs>
3: That's very good, Sean. <laughs> very good. Oh, Ziggy Stardust. He says, evening all. He said uh, he would be asking, Gold, and Brady, of course, that despite allegedly being astute businessmen, businessman, why have they failed year on year to take West Ham to the next level? Any business has to have a strategy with clear objectives and markers for success. I'd argue that finance is a shite. No practical structure of recruitment. He says if Brady was in his business, it would be ashes to ashes for the Baroness. Do you think that fran pressure alone can be a force for change or would relegation be the catalyst?
2: Um, It's difficult to say because they're they're quite stubborn. Um, You and I know that they're unlikely to sell up soon. You and I know Brady's unlikely to be sacked soon and she's unlikely to fall on a sword. So I wrote a story asking for three things last week and I asked for three things the first thing was for the mascots to be made free of charge for all mascots the second one was to Brady's give up her Sun column and the third one was for the OSB to be disbanded and and have free democratic elections now whether they will do that is another thing because if I'm honest with you they have bought in some really good people to advise them, right? From media, from finance, from strategy. And my opinion is they ignore all of it. They think they know better because they know what they did at Birmingham. And they think that was excess. They bought a club for 1 million pound and they sold it for 8 million. Right. Mm. And they say, well, that's how we did it. Birmingham. You know, that's my, my, that's how we did it. Birmingham. And I think the three of them, well, let's say two of them, because we know, bless him, David Gold is for the best part a silent partner. The two of them run it that way in the Birmingham City mentality. They won't be told, so they put they've recruited some really good people around them, but they won't listen to them. And I think that's that's the that's the crux of the problem, and that's why I think Brady needs to be replaced to break that cycle up. You know, you're not going to replace Sullivan. Sullivan. Not only do you have to break the cycle up, um, but you need to you you need Sullivan to admit for his own health he's got to take a back seat and and not interfere if a new CEO came in.
3: Um, I mean, the, the, this is the thing: what should happen, what we believe should happen, and what will happen. At the moment, seem to be poles apart now. Therefore, the only way I can see them taking notice is if it the fan base descends into utter chaos, and yeah. it's something I've not wanted in the past. No, but it's got to the point now where I think the quicker we get to that situation, um. A lot of people say when when times are bad, it's not until you've sunk to the bottom that you realise how you have to get out. That when you're on the downward slide, you can't see. And it, once you hit the bottom, therefore, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. We've not got to the bottom yet. So there is no light at the end of the tunnel. Once we get to the bottom of utter chaos between the fan base and the club, um then I think the owners will see the light because uh, at the moment, I think they still think it's a minority, it's this, it's that. I think the March may open their eyes a touch. They'll, tr- You know, we, we know what they're going to do. They're going to try and offset it. They'll they'll shut down the, the SAB and they'll relaunch it. with it's I don't know
2: if you've seen the update today, no? but they've obviously they've they've uh, launched a fundraising page to uh, raise two
3: and a half grand. Well, United. yeah, I mean, to be fair, you know, it, it, it was a bold move that they made. You know, Sean, when we did WISA, it, it, you know, we, we spoke about, do we have a fee? Do we not have a fee? I actually w- was thinking... We, we should go without a fee for the first year or two to build up the members. But then we settled on a £1 membership or it was a bit dearer than nothing. It was like a £5 lifetime membership or something like that. Because you, you do need funds and you, it can't be all on one group of people. There, there was no... Iron and United... Uh, Amers United... I United got them on my brain. They're so still on my phone. Um, yeah. There's no way Amers United could f- keep funding themselves. They'll see the money go out, you know, personally, I think WISA cost me, I don't mean, I told you, I forgot to, to, uh, I left the WISA, one of the website names, domain names, I left it on auto-renew when I bought it. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it auto-renewed, like, a year and a half ago. (laughs) How much was it? 350 quid oh dear yeah so yeah and it, I, I i wasn't in the position to go to whistler and say you know i had to take it on the chin so setting up yeah. whistler probably stung me for about 600 quid yeah. so all, send, them. All send them an invoice so you, you, when you look at it i can see why they've done it i think it i think it's the right move there's no way that you know, Paul. Cole well, they need. On, to, I, or, I, I don't know or, what I haven't
2: read the details of why they need the money, but I am assuming they need money because they've got to have marshals and and uh, organise things the for this. Thing. The this march gets, along
3: the Greenway. Yeah, the, the bigger it gets, they, they 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 branch out to these marches. They, these have to be policed, or well, not police. They have yeah. to be controlled. The licensing yeah. people, Newham Council, and that, and nothing. I, I don't know if that costs money. Do you, whether you have to pay know. for a license? I don't know. I mean, it, it
2: doesn't seem. Uh,
3: I mean, obviously, it
2: was a sour taste from what happened last time, but you know, two and a half grand doesn't seem as much. So,
3: no, um, I mean, I'm gonna stick some money in the kitty. Uh, and on, on, it's gonna be a bit of a busy month this month because I've got to stick money in the kitty, but West are till I die as well. Um, oh, yeah, of course. So, which is on yeah, we'll, we'll give a plug to that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, what, what, I know we've we've gone off the whole boil on the, the yeah. questions, but let me just because I bring this in. Did you read uh, the the blog Five Point Plan for Sullivan, written by um, Mike Colston? No, non, uh, I've not read it yet.
3: I've seen it. it's got a good it's got yeah. a good response. To well,
2: uh, Hammers United actually replied to it, so so I'm not going to read it in total, but I'll, I'll just say the five points. So obviously the first one is ditch Karen Brady. The second one is appoint a director of football. Uh, the third one is axe the OSB. The fourth one is stop taking interest on shareholder loans. And the fifth one is stop charging for mascots. Right. Um, I, I don't disagree with any of those. I, I, I might disagree <laughs> with some of the words and the harshness of the context,
3: but I don't disagree with that five-point plan. No, it it sounds very similar to something. Uh, I don't know what. <laughs> that uh what? that um that was put out. If you remember. Not not last week, the week before. Oh right, yeah. 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 So um mm. it's it's a bit hard to really comment on that, really, isn't it? I suppose. I yeah, don't know. Well, I can't um, say no. well, yeah, it's all stuff that I think is there. Hammers uh,
2: United said, that uh, United "Excellent piece, Mike. Hammers United are of the opinion that Brady and the OSB should go with immediate effect. We understand that process of finding a buyer might take slightly longer, and as you say,
1: there yeah. are
2: things Golden Sullivan could do in that interim. Yes, and our friend can in town Lens say, can't argue with this,
3: pretty much down to common decency. Yeah, well, you know that that, uh, that is their way out." You know, we we, mm-hmm. we know that that a lot of this will, will will calm down. I won't say go away. It will calm down if they sidelined Brady and brought in a CEO and showed a different structure, even with the OSB. It's, it's hard with the OSB. David, one thing I will say, you know, David Baker got called a traitor on Amazon United yeah, I know. Um, Facebook group. And that's scandalous to me. And it, it was quite a senior person. I ain't going to name the person that did it. It was scandalous to call him a traitor because yeah. he's a West Ham fan with a different point of view. I never called anyone anyway, a traitor when they had different points of view. No, no it's, it, is, said it is wrong. If people from Amers United do really, you cannot be going around calling other West Ham fans traitors. Because if you go that way, Amers United was supposed to be a great unifier against the divide and conquer tactics of Golden Sullivan. Yet when they resort to that, they're they're cheapening themselves and doing themselves a disservice. And if it comes to that, I think a few people may turn away and I would probably be one of them. Yeah. Well, we'll see,
2: you know, they've got their (laughs) OSB meeting next Tuesday if it goes ahead. Yeah. Um, Well, I still live in, you
3: know, I've got, I've got four or five replies back from, you know, my, my email to them all saying, please don't go. And they all told me why they were going. Um, yeah. The leave Anyway, back
2: to the questions. This could be our longest question
3: well, <laughs> ever. No, I doubt it. We did that three-hour show once, remember? John Mansfield, with the City game being cancelled, even though it's back on, I'm starting to forget what it feels like walking into the office after losing. Can we postpone all our games for the rest of the season? The feeling of optimism he had before the City game has faded, and he wonders if Bowen has now spent enough time with our other players to be dragged down to our level. Uh, He said, but joking aside, there's a big few games coming up. Not really a question there, John, but uh, I get what you're saying. Uh, uh, Jazzy Jazz says, I want to ask Nigel. I think that's me. Uh, He's asking a question here." 1981 season and podcast was brilliant. So hopefully you can do a season by season up to John Lowell's last season and perhaps include 89-90 when we had two managers, Macari and Bonds. Well, Jazz, funny you should say that. But yesterday, me and Len recorded 1990-91. So we're not going to do it in season order because i think that'll just be a bit too stale and boring but there'll be another one coming out later this week ed hughes mid-season break has been so long that the city match feels like the start to a new season wonder if we'll get spanked again he says on the osb he would ask if they don't intend to sell then what are action will they make to heal the growing rift between them and the fan base reminding them that actions speak louder than words and there is no trust for their previous promises when they
2: I think I said before they've got to take a backward step Um, you know Sullivan's got to be uh, like gold a sort of silent partner and and let a new CEO with a lot of experience take the helm and, and you know, two two people, one CEO running the day-to-day like taking over from Brady and one director of football completely looking after recruitment, uh, rebuilding the scouting network, the recruiting network, and doing what David Moyes wants to do, which is buy young and have a sort of, uh, you know, RBZ, uh, Leipzig, um, Lepsburg, is it? I forget what they're called. Leipzig,
3: that's it. <laughs> Leipzig. Yeah. Do you remember the David Coleman? Yeah, they used to do. They used to bring a book out every year called Coleman Balls, and it was yeah. everything it ever got wrong. Yeah, I could fill a podcast. With we that. could do that with you. I think. Yeah, uh, Jazzy Jazzy's back again. He's got a question for today's podcast which is, can we work out why the board never took the risk of relegation seriously earlier and sacked Pellegrini after the Newcastle game? And also, why didn't he bring in any outfield players earlier in the window or sign a striker? And now that Eddie Howe will be out of contract in the summer, will the ball change manager again? So quickly, do you think they sacked Pellegrini too late?
2: No, I, I I would have probably held on a little bit longer personally. Yeah, I would have um, held
3: on to the Bournemouth game. Uh, why didn't we bring in any outfield players in the window? Sign a striker, not for the want of trying. I don't know. That's well, bit... I, it's a manager's choice, isn't it? Really. Yeah. And do you think Eddie Howe uh, uh, could come in the summer? No. no, no. There you go, Jazz. We've answered your questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Maid Marion. Oh, Boyles. One of the only regular. Strange tweets recently. Do you think it's odd with the banning of Manchester City Boyles from the Champions League that there was no tweet stating that despite not playing for three weeks, Boyles, West Ham are still a place closer to the promised Champions League place? Oh, Boyles. One for Nigel, though. Firstly, Boyles, I do not live in Worcester. It was still a three hundred mile round trip boils for the postponed city game. A trip I will do again this Wednesday. See you there, wacky da Uh Yes, my friend. If the if the train if I can get a train ticket for fifty quid, I'll be there. Michael Levy, a friend, son of Michael Levy, says Hi all, I think we can sort this board out once and for all. He says, send Nigel and his missus into the ballroom with two pie of mash each for Gold, Sullivan and Brady and see if they ask for liquor. Any of them ask for gravy, instant dismissal because they're not real West Ham fans as they claim. Anyone without the green stuff gets sacked immediately. Rita out. (laughs) I like that one, Mike. And I'll even throw into the mix that if any of them ask for a vegetarian pie, because no. We don't do vegetarian pies. We are traditional pie mesh. <sighs> there you go. Do you do hello. Oh, I, I say hello. You know, when customers come in, hello, would you like to be served? Hello, what would you like? That's about all you're going to get out of me.
2: Uh, and not, uh, what's, what else is from Vegan? Um... um... What's Dan from Vegan? Damn from Vegan? Well, you vegan. don't need... Yeah. Well, you got... Anyway, Anyway, it's not a food podcast. <laughs> it's or not a food podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So anyway. <laughs> Hello,
3: Metty Peeps. Hi, Billinda. <laughs> I would like to ask, what's the plan? As for the life of me, I cannot see what they're trying to do anymore. From a football or other commercial perspective, it's like Eddie Tooney Town. He's uh, looking forward, Mitty Pips, to normal service with Zooming on the Wednesday. Us playing like, well, I don't know, and losing probably the 4-0. She's uh, loving the show <laughs> with kitties. I really enjoyed the extra podcast on the finances. Very interesting. There you go. She didn't really ask question, though, did she?
2: I did say statements of fact, and that was a statement of fact. Oh, did you
3: say statements of fact?
2: Yep, wrong, rants, statement of facts.
3: Oh, yes. Or so questions. You, so you did. Beg yeah. your pardon it, was a well done, it was a statement. Well It was a statement of fact. Yes, I take that criticism back. Uh, Paul Oakley, he would ask the GSB if there's a plan to leave a legacy to their children, God forbid, then what are their plans on making that not a poison chalice? He says, as a parent, there's no way in the current condition of the team, and also the board versus fan rift, I'd leave something so toxic to my children. That's a good point, to be fair, isn't it? The most successful clubs are a unity between fan club and board. He's not sure the board can ever fulfil this, so he would ask how they plan to do this. Owning the club is not a right, it's a commitment. It's a responsibility to the history and the community that surround your club. It's not just an asset for a financial portfolio. At this point, I would try and gather support from some of the celebrity fans that live and die for West Ham and get them to put a high-profile face to changing the engagement of the ball to the fans. A celebrity fan. What would that you, Sean? Would you be the celebrity fan? No, no, I'm not a
2: celebrity fan. I'll tell you what though, um I mean I am seeing a change in the board. I mean it was before we would never sell, would never sell, would never sell. I'm now seeing a a change in both of them with a protest that they probably would sell to the right owner, but at, 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 at a, a particular fee. Um but apart from that you know a celebrity fan. Do you know what? I heard talk, and there's a little bit more to this, as you all know, that they were planning to put Trevor Brookin on the board. And I think something like that would help putting Trevor Brookin do in you? board meetings.
3: Yeah. Really? Yeah, I do. Don't you? Um, I don't know. Actually, I, uh, Trevor's been there before, so I know he has. I, I, I don't get, you know, I, I'm not saying he's not a fan because obviously he is. But as, as it's just we were player, promised
2: a fan on the board. It doesn't look like we're going to get it. So yeah, but then if I, we're not going to get a fan
3: on the board, a fan on the board, not someone that used to play the club, play for the club, and has also been a director and has been involved with various... And a manager. Ownership. And a manager. Yeah, manager, and been involved in various other ownerships.
2: Has he... Oh, what ownerships has he been involved in?
3: Oh, well, he's sat on the board. He's been on the board before, hasn't he? With oh, eight. right.
2: Sorry, I thought you meant ownership of another club.
3: No, no, no. No, of West Ham. What I'm saying is he's, he's, he's been there and around the boardroom for quite a few times under different ownership. You know? Okay.
2: Anyway, moving on. Got to do Super 6 yet. Long time...
3: Yeah, long-time listener, and he don't get to post a lot, so luckily, because you posted it early, Sean. Oh, Taffy Wallback is back.
2: Oh, well, welcome back, Taffy. Well
3: done, Taff. Uh, I hope you're in quarantine, though, because I'm pretty sure he's in China. (laughs) Uh, Nowhere near Wuhan, uh, even though that probably does sound like a Chinese man asking where West Ham. Uh, Looking back on everything, I feel that West Ham, uh, if I'd have done this in a Chinese accent, would that have been racist, by the way? Yeah. I, I won't do that. Ha, oh, looking back on everything I feel that West, are, I'm brave but not stupid. Would have been better to go under and start from the bottom and work their way up a bit like AFC Wimbledon. Yeah? He would like to ask her Ladyship Baroness Brady of Knightsbridge CBE. Has she got that as well, CBE?
2: She has, yeah. Yeah, oh
3: dear. With all the money that the clubs are getting from the Premier League. Do you now see that moving to the new stadium has made no difference at all? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns.
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Um, uh, well, let me tackle that one. As as I said earlier, I think that um it has made a difference. But as we talked with Kieran last week, you've got to look at the promoter's um, season at the um, the bow the, the bowling ground and the second season in the London Stadium to see about fifteen million pound a year difference that might not sound a lot but actually if you compare it against our competitors as I say we constantly come number seventh in ticket revenue um, and all the other things sponsorship etc we constantly score the next best um, outside the top uh, top six. What we do with that money, that extra £15 million pound a year, is more important. It might not sound a, a lot of money it compared with the TV money, but everybody gets the TV money now, as you pointed out. So you've got to make that extra 15 or £20 million pound a year uh, go further. And then you get in Europe and you get money from Europa. And then you push on, hopefully, like what Spurs have done, uh, to get into the Champions League. And that's where the big money comes. Um, Look, I don't think the current owners are going to inject any cash. The last time they injected cash was 2014 during relegation. So they injected cash, $52.5 million during 2011-2014. They've been taking interest ever since. Uh, the, the only extra cash has been in, injected by Trip Smith in 2017. So that's three years ago, 9500000 million interest-free. Interesting, you mes- mentioned AFC Wimbledon. I don't know if you know, but they've been running a bond scheme. I was tempted to invest money. Do you know about this bond scheme? I do know about it. Yes, because I used to be a Don's Trust. I work in Wimbledon, by the way. For those you don't know, I work in Wimbledon. I live. I I live a you know. I I could walk to Plough Lane. You could uh, um yeah, and I often do go to to Wimbledon lunch in my lunch hour, and can get there really easily. Uh, they they look to f- they're um as you know that they're, they're trying to raise money for their stadium, and they got they're a fan owned uh, club, and they wanted to raise five million uh by Valentine's Day. I don't know, did they achieve it? By the way, I don't know if they did.
3: I f- they 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 add to it a certain figure. They were a bit short. The last I knew, they were a bit short with one day to go, but they were la- yeah. banking, <laughs> to coin a phrase, on a last-minute rush to make it. Now, I yeah. haven't seen today, actually, what the update was. Um, so it, uh, it, it's a brave thing to do. Yeah. But in a way... I can see why they've done it. They need to get back to Wimbledon. So their bond scheme was... Oh, yeah. Here's an
2: update. Here's an update. At 11.30pm, this is from their own website, 11.30pm on Valentine's, the figure stood at 4.2 million from the 5 million. So they're 800,000 short. That's not bad,
3: though, is it, to be fair?
2: Not bad. Now, interestingly enough, last week, Slow News Week, I wrote wrote a story about Whether a bond scheme, and and I like to go, bond scheme's got a bad connotation with West Ham, but maybe call it crowdfunding, because that's what it really is, would work at West Ham. Because I don't know if you know, but Norwich City did this, so did Stevenage. So Norwich City uh, raised, uh, I think, £5 million to invest in their... um, um training facilities and what they did was and i first i'll I'll tell you how afc afc by the way you can invest a minimum of thousand pounds right and you can get up to four percent interest back on it but guess what you can choose less so if you're a big fan and you want the club to save money you can choose one percent interest you can you can choose whatever interest you earn anywhere between one percent and four percent being the maximum which is quite clever and you can loan money for five years, 10 years, or 20 years. Now, going back to Norwich City, Norwich City offered a bond last year to raise money of 5%, which is quite generous. So you'd get 5% interest on the money you lent the club, plus an extra 3% credit to spend in the club shop. So you get 8% return on your money. Now, my view, and I've got Shelley down on this idea, Slow Newsweek on Garrett New, was. West Ham. If if the owners are not prepared to put any of their own cash in, if there's two ways I could see this working. Number one, if we do want to invest more than 10 million in our our academy facilities, you know, Leicester spent 100 million. By the way, it's possible we could raise money from supporters on on a bond scheme or a crowdfunding to pay for that to to really invest properly in our training facilities. The other one and I'll give you a little bit of an exclusive. I got told by a senior source that although they're earning 4.25%, that they would, and I use the quote, bite the hands off of anyone who's willing to take on that loan at the same interest amount. So if if that is true, we've got £45 million of loans sitting there at 4.25% interest. If that was turned into the supporters, then the supporters could earn that money instead of and it and it takes away the owners benefit for it to supporters. Why shouldn't the supporters be earning the four point two percent interest? Or do you think that doesn't actually solve the problem? Um yeah. There's a lot what? of rich. There's a lot of lot of rich West Ham fans that probably have got money, and they say, "Yeah, I'd like to earn 4.25 percent interest
3: on my money." I mean, well, yeah. it. it. It's 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 a good return for your money. The problem you get is is they set the the prices. You then get into the world of the have and the have nots, and you you marking out fans that possibly. It depends what the again it was what the money was for, what they what they used the money for. I know in West Ham it gets swallowed up into a big pot and then split around. And um, I suppose as long as they make the repayments, the thing is we've still got the last bond scheme hanging you know, over.
2: You and I know the bond scheme might be. Um, and in fact, I, I hope we're a real real thing. Um, I had a chat write to me recently. Yeah who who uh, on Clarence Hugh, and he was the chairman of H.I.S.A. I don't know what it stands for. Hammer's Independent, Independent Sports,
3: Sports Association,
2: who who, who led uh, the bond scheme protest. Uh, and he also had his own. Well, all right. Well, we can talk to him about that if we get him on the podcast. Uh, he's now 60. And, and he, he was a founder of, I don't remember this fanzine, called Mission. Do you remember? Mission? On a mission
3: from God. Right, uh, the same the so ex XWHU employee uh, wrote for.
2: Ah, so let's get him on the podcast. I've offered him. Um, he's he's written a piece for Clarence Hugh and offered to write some more pieces. But I want to get him on the podcast and I want to talk to him about when he was chairman of H uh, H I S A Hissa. Hissa. Um, isn't it right that I heard somewhere there's some uh, there's an amount of money in a bank account somewhere. This is something I
3: told you, yes. Yeah. But uh, but that's – I'm not sure if that was from Hissa or that was from uh, West Ham's Supporters' Trust. So Ah, it was – when you set up a Supporters' Trust, any money that you get has to be used to buy shares in the club, and it's ring-fixed, and the money's held by – I believe it was called Fans Direct, but I think Fans Direct – has now merged. Yeah,
2: Fans Direct turns into Supporters Direct. Supporters Direct Direct has merged merged with with the Football Supporters Supporters Federation Federation. and now is the FSA, Football Supporters
3: Association. So, So, therefore, they would be the controllers of the, not the controllers of the money, but they would be like the trustees, the overseers. So They would have, I, I met with someone, I think his name was called Tom Hall. And I met with him in a pub when Golden Sullivan bought the club um, because that was the time really when fans should have got together and I thought about setting something up, getting fans to buy like 10% of the club by setting up a supporters trust. But um, the, the, the appetite wasn't there from the fans. I think because of what happened with the bond scheme, it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. It does. Although uh, I
2: think they did um very well.
3: Well the funny thing about Do you know what? I've just, um, i just West Ham underwrote just... it. Because it was underwritten by Lloyd's Bank, West Ham didn't lose any money.
2: Yeah. Well, I actually was... I've just I've uh, uh, the the chap who I was speaking to called Shane Barber, I've just Googled him actually. You, well he
3: really dying mim
2: Sorry? Yeah. Yeah really? he's he's uh, yeah.
3: Yeah. I think
2: we we named we named him for um uh when we uh did his stuff on uh Clarent oh. Hume's offered to write for Clarence oh. Hume. So um yeah. You're right. His uh, vice chairman, Shane Barber, uh launched his own fanzine on a mission from God.
3: Yeah.
2: Um and and there's a little quote there. Mm-hmm. A a here here we are, this is an interesting thing. Um a crowd of almost eighteen thousand attended the Swindon match, although it would take West Ham's presence in the promotion race before the crowds regularly were topping the 15,000. Mark. Right.
3: So what what that is then, um, That is th- that may have been the game after. Th- th- there was a boycott, yeah? And yeah. I stayed away for a few games before uh, it got the better of me. Uh, so when the bond game was brought out, the way to stop it Back in those days, a lot of fans weren't season ticket holders. I wasn't a season ticket holder. I paid on on the door to go and stand up. Didn't need a season ticket on the north bank. So basically, the call went out. Now, the, the way I remembered it, and this is the things where hisser and it's a bit new, is that there was that shame from on a mission from God. You had Gary from OLES, and I think the bloke was called Mark from on the terraces. So it was the free yeah. fans... They're mentioned as well, actually. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah, that were running. Or for me, that were seen as the figureheads of... the, the They got together and were the people that led the way, that were, were the conduit for the fans to boycott uh, mm. and then do the protests as well. So um, I, there was a call that... Uh, there's something that... Um,
2: it said, it said and story this is a really interesting down, bit. They
3: appointed Peter story and, and they backed down. And basically the call went out was, we need to come back because we're damaging the club. And that's the way yeah. I remember it.
2: So it said, it said Hissa disbanded after the, the uh, board had an about-face on the Bond scheme, but then it said, and this is interesting, it was left to the fanzines, increasingly empowered by the events of two, uh, 1992, yeah. to occasionally remind the board of what it faced, dare it make the same mistake twice. Yeah.
3: Right. I mean, yeah, I... D- d- so, they, in only, early
2: sort of social media, the fanzines that were the ones oh, that yeah, had the that, power that, in those that,
3: days. That was the, you know, that, that it was the fanzines that, that controlled, that not controlled, but were the conduit. You've got to think back then, without social media, protesting was done at the ground. Yeah. And and yeah. the word was put out at the ground. There, there was none of this going out to the wider fan base, it was the match going supporters that had to do something. Yeah. Um,
2: By the way, the book I've been reading from, I'm sure you've got it, is uh, a
3: a book called Rebellion. Oh, yes. By Dougie Brimston. Dougie Brimston. So Rebellion is a book that focuses not just on West Ham, but of of about seven or eight uh, fan protests against the clubs. Uh, And West Ham is one or two chapters and have you read it i've got the book yeah it
2: talks about whistle as well but that's for another podcast um and, and maybe when we get a whistle, on. whistle
3: uh, i'll tell you quickly because you've mentioned it whistle yeah. is the west ham i think that's the supporters trust that 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 set up and was the launched a brand out campaign Terry yeah was. took yeah. to cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah and uh, they, they, they I, sued
2: it yeah yeah it does say it says a handful of businessmen yeah. um businessmen launched whistle a half-hearted attempt to force out the ball yeah. and persuade a new consultant to buy them does that sound familiar but yeah. their efforts were quickly petered out when brown took them to the high court yeah where of well, course they would Justifiably grumbles amongst the fans that Brown had misled us first by announcing that no player say sales were necessary. This sounds very familiar. Well, yeah, History you, you know, this
3: is the thing. You, if you don't legal um, letters after forcing the board, yeah. legal letters. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. The, well, legal letters. I mean, the, the story I've heard is that, you know, a couple of them could, you know, the chances are they could have lost their houses. They, yeah. You know, this this ain't, you know, a slap on the wrist. This was proper financial ruin for the people at Whissa.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, maybe that's a Clarence Hughes story at some point. Anyway, let's get back to the question. because <laughs> right, next we, up. We, we we've we've whittled on yeah. for uh an hour and fifteen minutes <laughs> and we're not even halfway through.
3: Well we are. Paul Turner. Yeah, I'm sure we are. Why ain't Amazon United doorstepping the OSB meeting next Tuesday? Great opportunity to get in front of GSB, um, and when Paul's put that on, um, Amers United, he got a text, he got a message back saying, "Paul, you've got a DM from one of the committee of Amers United." So, <laughs> what's this based? Saying what? It just said you got a text, you got a DM. So obviously, uh, they didn't want him talking about it publicly.
2: Yeah, be be nice. Yeah. Stay classy, I think, is what Hammers you say, uh, yeah. United say. Stay classy. Right. I, look, I think it would be wrong to, to doorstep uh, the OSB members going to the meeting, if it happens.
3: Um, I, I, Keep it classy. A protest done the right way. I'm not, a, I'm versed against. And the fact, But what that are you all,
2: saying? Is it going to be a picket line with scab, scab throwing like, no, I don't know, rotten fruit. No, or something? no,
3: And to be fair, I wouldn't be for that, but there were three other people at that meeting that a picket, that if they had to go through a picket line would be interesting.
2: Yeah. You know, anyway.
3: you know me, I'm not, I'm not going to turn on other West Ham fans just because they think differently or not. Yeah, no, fair enough. Talking of people at the meeting. Your mate, Rita. Oh, right. Rabble-rousing will not drive me away, she says. As the original Iron Lady said, this lady is not for turning. The fan group things wanted to have dialogue, so we offered them dialogue, but then they turned that down. Do they think they represent the whole fan base? I'm curious, she says, as we've got 54,000 season ticket holders and 100,000 more on the waiting list. They get a couple of hundred thousand on the waiting list. She's funny. Uh, they get mm. a couple of thousand. That's all. It will take more than a thousand dinosaurs shouting bald away to worry me, darlings. Talking of dinosaurs, I'm off to claim my daily attendance at the House of Lords. Now, that really is money for old rope."
2: <laughs> i wonder who that really is
3: it, it, <laughs> we you will you find out or one day it's got to be Rita or okay. herself, it? it's
2: got a nice picture Look, of while i remember uh you know slow Newsweek again so i read the london stadium safety advisory group minutes right oh. so i love them you know i've got three stories out of them today um the, the first two probably won't interest you very much the first one was The London mayor still hasn't approved funding for what's called HVM, which is basically stopping terrorists um, uh, driving a bomb into the London stadium. So it's called hostile vehicle mitigation. And basically, they've been talking about it for, for quite a long time and now it needs to go to a business case, and they won't make a decision at the moment. But that's nice. Um, They're talking about it. And and they publish minutes so all the terrorists could read it. The second one was about persistent standing. And basically, the government organisation, Sports Ground Safety Authority, is still knocking on about they're not happy of people standing in the upper tiers of the London Stadium. They said there could be a progressive collapse, um, and they want a, a plan... And more things done, uh, and maybe barriers like you've got at Spurs, West Ham say they don't need that. That they think it's being handled very well in the upper tiers. I don't know if you remember, but they've removed some of the front rows now. They've they've called them off. Uh, but this is an ongoing problem. But that's not the real one. The third story was about this London Stadium seating. Now we know the press release has come out from both. The company that's doing the north and south lower tiers, reconfiguring them, squaring them off, called Arena Events Group. So they made a press uh, statement and so did West Ham, right? But this is the minutes from the official meeting in December from the safety advisory group. And it's really interesting. So it, it talks about, you know, we've now appointed someone. And this is the interesting point. It says... Um, that an intense period of detailed design and prototype will be done between December and the end of January 2020. Now, why have I picked that statement out, Nigel?
3: Uh, because they should have done that already. No, no. All right, gone. The
2: OSB is meeting on the 25th of February, and we've been led to believe. That the reason it hasn't come to the OSP before is because so the OSP can feedback about any design decisions or feedback could be changed. So you but think the decision's on.
3: already been made?
2: It's decisions already been made. It goes on and it says. But we know that's what um, happens. Yeah, yeah. It says the plan is to install the seating in the London Stadium after the athletics in July. July's not that far away. The new seating will have no impact on the total. Capacity in the stadium, which is 60,000, but it says they're worried about the 300 people in each seat in the wet seat and they're worried about what will happen if it rains. So they're saying, you know, they want to uh check that you know they're not going to run off every time it rains, and they're saying they're also assessing the void line and the segregation um but the the news for me and this is again another osb disappointment that it's they're showing the designs and the whole point is consultation but i'm sorry it's not consultation if the end of the design period was the end of january and you're meeting at the end of february that's not consultation that's telling you what's going to happen so let's stop calling it consultation and if i was still on the osb i'll be raising this in the meeting going this is not consultation. This is you telling us, like you told us about the season but ticket what is that the consult
3: after the, it happened. The, the, we've had this backwards and forwards for about a year now. We know that the, the stand's not moving forward like they originally claimed, but they've stopped claiming that. They're not moving thousands of fans forward like they originally claimed, but they're not claiming that now. They the, the just striking. Well, you know what edge. it
2: will do. It is it is moving. Look, it's it's difficult no, 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 to no. actually it's, work out how many people move forward. The stand
3: is moving.
2: Well, how many seats? I
3: don't know. So what you got to work at is how many seats are now nearer the pitch. Yeah, three
2: hundred each stand, and there you right? go. So however, that's it. however, every fan moves forward because the way it's you cannot work. no 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 now
3: you cannot claim that. Yeah, it's it's in yeah. how many seats from their people. current position. Fan. Yeah. Not yeah. fan.
2: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Right. But, but here's the thing, and and I'll tell you one bigger thing. What most people are missing is maybe we square it off and three hundred people are nearer the pitch, and some and a lot of fans are closer
3: than they were.
2: But there's a bigger void. Yeah. There's a much bigger gap
3: than there was before. Yeah, and the problem with the stadium, which the, the which the, the owners are missing, is the problem realistically with the fan base is because of the detachment between the upper tiers and the lower tiers. And this is just yeah, yeah. going to make it right? worse. It's going to make it worse.
2: Anyway, I, I went off at a tangent. I apologize. Yeah, because Clive,
3: Clive has been no. waiting to say, yeah. Hey Rita Brady, shut up, you scabby whore. Um,
2: oh, that is, I, I apologize for that. That is un- Well, you
3: Clive Patchell, you know? do you apologize? Keep
2: it classy. It's Keep it classy, there.
3: Clive. Someone did like Keep that. Keep it classy. Comment. Keep it classy. Uh, that was me. probably you that liked it. It, was keep exactly. it. Keep it classy. And Louis Serendraut said fancy a shag. Uh I don't think she does. Yeah, again, keep it classy. Not with you, Lou. Anyway. Uh friend of the show, Super Tin Sharman, Luke's dad. Uh, question for OSB members. This is for you, Sean. If you yeah, could make one not an OSB member. to improve the ground for fans, what would you do? One
2: one thing for the ground, yeah.
3: Make one improvement.
2: One improvement. Do you know what? And we do. Um, I would f- I would fill in the gaps between the lower tiers and the upper tiers. Not possible, right? Okay. No, it is possible. It is possible actually because we did it for the. Um, you said you didn't had a magic one. We did it for the uh uh east End. So why not do it all the way around? It is possible. Don't say it's not possible. It's my magic wand. The,
3: the reason you could do it at the East End because you haven't got that central tier, like in the West End. So in the West End where yeah. we are, it's not possible. It, it'd be a good idea because actually it would block out a lot of the corporate views. So the people in the boxes wouldn't be able to see. Um. Therefore, also behind the goals, you got a problem because of it going further back towards the screens. And the rake of the stand would have to be shallower. The rake of the upper tier is is it We'd a. We'd have to redevelop slant?
2: some of the stands here. Yeah. Is it
3: a different slant to the rake of the lower tier? They're not the same rake. Right.
2: Well, you asked me. It was my answer. Don't. Well, it just was not possible. And he wants an update
3: right, right. on super six. But yeah, yeah but, come yeah, on, Richard super anti. six. Uh, two more, Auntie Pen. Ah, Auntie Pen. Hello, chaps. If I was facing them, I would ask why they've been hell-bent on ruining our club, the same as they did Birmingham City. Why? Question mark. Thank you, she says. No, Auntie Penn. Thank you, we say. Uh, why are they hell-bent on ruining? I don't think they're hell-bent on it. I think it's um, a consequence of their actions and the fact that they probably don't even think they ruined Birmingham. Um well, yeah, I'm sure they don't. We all do. And last up, not the best to last, but it's still it's all right, my handsoms. It's Dodsy back again. It's hey, do. <laughs> no, he said chance for Dodsy. No, dodzy, a chance for sure. Hey, hey, to practice his accent because people, he really does talk like this. I don't all right, my ansons. As we have no game to comment on, he says it does make a funny question later, which I notice he's edited. Oh, you cheeky sod, dodzy. And because it says edited underneath here, uh, hmm. he says, Oh, don't be undefeated in three weeks. Is this the first season? So we will take anything we can get, my beauties. Three weeks undefeated. <laughs> I love a question, he says. We've noticed. So this week, I'm in my element. Let's have it. Soup, Nigel, Super Six, what's going on, my beauty?
1: <laughs> he <laughs> said,
3: uh, What's the update on the old shed and the new shed? Or the old shed? has uh got completed this weekend is now a games room for my son uh so he's going to be happy and then that means next weekend i get to start on the museum and getting that all so can i start sending you
2: some of my stuff now
3: you can you can or you yeah you've
2: got room for it
3: we got yeah we've got a bigger shed or i keep we'll,
2: on promising i've got i've got the logbook i've got the bowling yeah, ground you have book. to that's, bring it down uh,
3: perhaps we'll have an open day. Yeah. that's the plan yeah yeah uh he said what was the overriding thing you got from the podcast last week about the accounts being summarized
2: who's he asking you what did i get from it um well, someone said when you let Kieran get a, w- a word in each way,s um, no comment. I, we could we could have filled two, three hours with Kieran. I promise you. Um, what did I get from it? I guess reinforcement. I mean, I, I really wanted to understand the the debt situation, so it was really good for Kieran to say, "Well, actually, a hundred million debt is nothing nowadays compared to the rest of them. It really doesn't mean anything." Um, you know, if you're a hundred million pound in debt, uh, that that's probably the biggest amount for me. And you know, just saying, well, actually, comparing up because sometimes, as I said, we're in a bubble. I, I I feel that I've got a good handle of West Ham accounts, but sometimes not when compared. And I think what Kieran did was give the context of how we compare against other clubs like uh, Everton. So I, I think that was that was the the takeaway for me.
3: All right. What do you take away from it? Uh, uh, for me, the FFP was a falsehood by the owners. Um, it, it's good I to have it. I don't think it
2: always it. was a falsehood, but it's a falsehood
3: now. I think they hid behind it, to be fair. Well, maybe. Yeah. Um, for me...
2: I don't back like the owners anymore. I,
3: it, so it sort happened, of bows though. out what I knew anyway, isn't it? We, we, we knew... We did it, and the reason we're getting Kieran on to do it was he he, he can put it in layman's terms so much better than anyone else I know um, to get people to understand it. You know, the financial people, you're a bit of a financial person, I ain't. You know, luckily I've got an accountant friend that can explain it to me. Um, And obviously I'll get you explaining it to me as well. Yeah. Uh
2: Dodson. By the way, update on the uh under 21s. Yeah. Um it's now 2-1. Stoke, Stoke did draw level. Um but uh I don't know his second name Sean has struck on the 64th minute to make it 2-1 to the under 20 uh threes at the London Stadium and it's now uh 68 minutes gone. Great.
3: Brilliant. Well done under 23s. Uh Dodsey oh, yeah. says do you all agree now having the brand new carpet laid down was a load of old bollocks?
2: No, I think I think uh, it, it helped in a little way. I don't I can't imagine it being <laughs> green again.
3: The players use that as an excuse for playing shit, as they're still shit with Clara Carpet, which is true. I mean come yeah, on. Yeah, I know Paul. that, but but
2: if you had a choice, if it doesn't make any difference to you. Claret carpet or green carpet? Which one would you
3: no, go No, yeah, for? it looks Forget- better with the claret carpet, but let's get this yeah, exactly. right. Yeah, Karen Brady wanted green carpet in the first. <clears because throat> yeah, of course. Had hired the and game. then she
2: changed her mind.
3: Yeah, and then it got proved. Well, they'd come up yeah. with this cock and bull story that the players were confused, even though, obviously, the opposition players weren't confused when they were beating us. And the fact that we played here every week, surely it should have been better for us rather than the opposition so we all know it was bollocks and he finishes anyway when will you have have xwhu employee on your program as promised yeah i know we had half an episode with nige but it'd be good to see and hear from him on your podcast
2: yeah we will get him on um we've got a better technology that we use look it was my fault i used another technology called ring r and i didn't record my soundtrack which sort of meant you know we recorded for an hour It sort of it was meaningless because all my questions and interactions of ganging up on nigel just didn't work
3: yeah well so funny. well done it was for nigel to against me <laughs> and I managed to edit saving
2: it. 23 minutes was great <laughs> we now have a new technology to record on skype so the next time we get ex west ham employee on we'll get john on to even it up or, or
3: george um and we we're, we're doing our special and and um, edited that cuz originally he put, when will you have sex employee on your program? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which baffled Maybe me the right. uh, but I read it earlier, Dodds. Is that it? it? And that is the end. Unless there's any on Twitter.
2: Well, I haven't got – I, I uh, moved rooms because of background noise in this house. Um, and I've left my phone. Do you want me to quickly look?
3: Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Go on, you, Phil. You, you're good at that. Go on.
2: Uh, what other news? Let's have a look at what other news there has been this week because it has been a bit of a slow news week. Um, <clears throat> we've talked about uh the London Stadium, uh, we've talked about injury news. Um, oh, li- little plug here for our friends at Blowing Bubbles. So, Blowing Bubbles, um, ha- are celebrating their 100th edition, in fact. David Blackmore the editor and founder of Blowing Bubbles was going to be on uh the podcast tonight but unfortunately had to work late um so he couldn't be on but uh yeah if you don't know about the print version this is the closest to a fanzine we've got blowing bubbles you can um you can get it digitally or in print form they've done really well uh Clarence Huer a partner of them uh, we've had Dave on the
3: podcast before um but yeah yeah. Um giving them a big plug. That's it. Get your copy, people. It is by far and away the best Michael Jackson fanzine you can get. <laughs> <laughs> Blowing bubbles. That is
2: I apologize. Right. Uh by the way, I, I did a the Hugh poll just to feel a little bit more and, and asked whether West Ham be relegated. Um uh, around one thousand five hundred took part. 53% said West Ham would be relegated. 47, 47% said we would survive the Premier League. Over to you, Nigel. Uh,
3: done, there was nothing on
2: Twitter. No, it's- <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh,
3: Super
2: 6. Oh. Come on. I have got it in front of me. Where are you?
3: Here we go. Where are you? Right. What do you want?
2: Just tell us where you are first. Let's start at the end.
3: All right. Let me look because I haven't looked for ages. So I'm loading it up now. Nigel's yeah. not
2: doing too well on Super 6. Yeah, I'm uh, the, probably he sometimes the to get season to put it in.
3: I've had. I've missed a lot, but that, that's so... It's that, no excuse. Out of 95 um, people, I am 56. Oh, let's do the top 10 then, mate. Top 10. So, top, top 10. 10. All right. In 15th place is Lewis Greenwood. On 303, the same as my friend in the north, Mr. Liam Tyrrell. That's why I started at 15 to right. get Liam yeah. in. 303. Yeah. David Jones is 12 on 305, joint with Mark. What, what you say? Martin Samuels, is that the journalist? He's only on 308. Moving into the top 10, it's only the, the Ponteith himself, Mr. Simon Pope, one time winner, 310. Jeff Smith on 3.11 at 9. Up to 8 is Phil Walker, friend of the show, still waiting for the photo bar. 312. We like Phil. Adam Darlow, Darlington on 3.24, sits in 7th. In 6, don't know who that is. He's got 329 points though and he's got a big head. Uh, I, thought I thought it was thought, fifth. I you, thought it was fifth. Oh, you're sixth now, three hundred and
2: twenty-nine. Oh no, I've gone down to see I had a poor week, I only score four. Into the points. top
3: five, Ian Lynch on three three five. Fourth is Dave Nicholson on three three eight. Third, thanks for asking. Super Tim Sharman three, three nine. Ah. Second, it's our friend, old Keith Milton. <laughs>
0: three four one.
3: Keith does keep reminding me in the club. Yeah, was. I know.
2: I know. Well done, Keith.
3: And top of the pile from EastEnders himself, it's old little Kevin Fowler, Martin's brother, on 359. I, I, I didn't know when to use that sound effect. If you're listening on Tuesday morning, people, don't forget to do it tonight. Yeah, yeah. 'Cause it's chat tomorrow night.
2: Yeah, well. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, we've been going since we've got not a football game to discuss, we'd be going for one hour and f- thirty-six minutes. It's you you're um, bleeding, Interrupting. Anyway, um we've got two games. I don't know. Are we I'm not sure we're recording next Monday, because obviously well, can't we're be, playing can't
3: we? Liverpool. We've got Liverpool. We'll have to see if we can do later in the week.
2: Um So, we've got two games. I know we've probably done these um, predictions like three times, but can we do predictions for City and Liverpool first, Nigel?
3: City lose 4-0. Liverpool lose 2-0.
2: And I will go for City 1-0 win and Liverpool 1-0 win. So, we'll get six points for the next two games. I have been Sean. Nigel has been
3: watching EastEnders for the first time in 10 years. Oh, really?
2: That's all the time we've got for this evening. Uh, And and be back sometime next week. Come on, you irons. Bobby
3: Moore, more more than just a podcast. Bobby Moore, more than just a podcast. Wankers. Fucking embarrassing. Waste of our time. Fucking waste of
1: our time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods,